and I eventually dieted my way up to 315 pounds, and I had weight loss surgery. And I will never forget the surgeon saying to me, Paige, we can operate on your stomach, but we can't operate on your brain. But there was no explanation as to what that meant. There was no assistance with that. There was something more going on. It wasn't just what I was eating, but it was, but I had no clue what that was. This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly, the world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. It's me, Beth. It's so wonderful to be here today with all of you. I took a few weeks off in December from the podcast, and it was really nice to have a break, but I really did miss it. And for those of you that don't know, we welcomed our sixth little one, Vivian, in early November. And so you can imagine we've been soaking up all the baby snuggles that we can. And some of us even fight over who gets to hold her. And when you have five older siblings, that is often the case. It's actually very sweet. I also went back to work, which has definitely added another piece of chaos to our world and definitely can be overwhelming at times. I am not going to lie. So I know many of you are juggling a lot right now and some of you are even caring a lot right now. Yes, I've been juggling work and kids and a podcast, but many of you are carrying much heavier burdens. And I just want you to know I've been thinking of you. And one of the things I mentioned in our Motivate private Facebook group was that my movement this month was going to be my way of sending strength to those of you that need it. And my movement is going to be like a prayer. And I was wondering if you wanted to join me in that and kind of change our mindset a little bit. And instead of thinking we have to move our body, we have to work out and treating it like a have to, maybe instead we can start thinking of those that maybe can't move or that are struggling with cancer, COVID or recent accident. And then maybe that helps us all say, I get to work out. I get to move my body. My movement is a blessing. My movement can be a prayer. We have all had times maybe where we couldn't move like we wanted. You know, for me, this last pregnancy was really humbling. I had a low-lying placenta, which meant I couldn't exercise for the majority of my second and early third trimester. Then when that finally cleared up, I was so excited. I kind of worked out for a little while and then I got sciatica and it was really humbling. I'm not going to lie. And I even remember thinking that don't forget this. Don't forget what it feels like not to be able to move the way you want to. And that seems really small versus a lot of battles and a lot of struggles that people are going through. But it really helped me with my mindset. So 
The next time you move, move your body for that friend, that neighbor, or even that stranger that might not be able to. Paige, our guest today, is also talking about mindset. She discusses how she struggled with that diet brain mentality, and she shares what is diet brain and the tools she is using to overcome it. Paige tipped the scales at over 315 pounds many years ago. She tried all the diets. They would work at first, and then she would gain the weight back and more. And you can imagine how defeated she felt. She finally resorted to weight loss surgery. Weight loss surgery did work for a while. She was able to lose 150 pounds and maintain that for a few years. As she says, it never seemed easy, and eventually the weight came back. However, today is a story of hope. Paige has finally found some tools that have helped her now hit 160 pounds. She is active, strong, vibrant, and positive, and she wrote a book to share about it. So let's get to Paige, where we are all reminded that mindset really does matter. Here's Paige. Well, what an honor it is to welcome Paige Davidson today to Living Your Big Bold Life. All the way from Kentucky, how is the weather over there, Paige? Bet the weather here in Kentucky today is absolutely beautiful. It is sunny. The skies are clear. The temperatures are really mild, around 50, 55 degrees, edging closer to 60 degrees. Beautiful weather to walk outside and to just en- enjoy the fact that it's January and gorgeous. Oh, I'm, I have to admit, I'm, I have a little bit of jealousy. For those of you that don't know, I live in Gig Harbor, Washington, and we actually had this beautiful fall. Yeah, lots of sunny days, and now it's like we're paying for it. It's been, oh. I, I, I'm worried that Noah's Ark is going to show up here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I was so excited to have Paige be willing to come on the show. Her health journey is truly inspirational, transformational. And I know after listening to her story, many of you will resonate with it because, you know, Paige had tried a lot of things and a lot of things didn't work. And today she's going to share what has worked for her. And maybe some of these tools will help you as well. But Paige, before we talk about what has worked, tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and your, your health journey to this point and what didn't work for you? Oh, absolutely. I I have a long history of being concerned about weight, about wanting to lose weight. I started in high school. I actually probably have some food things going on back to elementary school. I always loved to eat. I just loved food. And I had two sisters. We were all very normal weight, but my sisters could care less about food, but I really did like food. And so uh, from really early on, it was kind of on my mind and just something I really enjoyed. And as I got older, our family kind of had a diet culture. My mother was um, an ama- is an amazing woman, and she always struggled with her weight. And you know, I had a lot of family members that also struggled with their weight. And my mom, when Weight Watchers came to Lexington in 1963, she was right there on their doorstep, and she joined, and she lost 100 pounds with Weight Watchers. And I loved Weight Watchers, and we grew up. I didn't have mayonnaise until I was a teenager. I didn't even know what real mayonnaise was because Weight Watchers wouldn't let you have mayonnaise. And so we had like salad dressing or, or Miracle Whip or something like that and because it was not allowed on Weight Watchers. So it was not in our house. 
And oh, when I discovered mayonnaise as a teenager, I was like, what is this? This is amazing. So we kind of always had a diet culture. And starting in high school, my mother was a little concerned about me because she saw that I really loved food and loved to eat and sometimes was preoccupied with that. And she did not want me to go down that difficult road she had been on. And so she was very careful with me and um, encouraged me to go to Weight Watchers with her to join Weight Watchers. And so I did. And that sort of was the start for me of, of kind of learning that if you want to lose weight, you need to go somewhere. You need to do some kind of a diet program. They needed to fix you. Couldn't really do that yourself. So I really did every commercial weight loss program that ever existed in Lexington, Kentucky. And I would go and and I would lose some weight. You know, I could be successful. I, I could show that I could make good choices and, and make good decisions for myself. And I would do that diet until I just couldn't do it anymore. I never found any of these programs to be sustainable long-term. So I would, I would do one of these diets. I would lose some weight. And then I just couldn't do it anymore. I would gain that weight back plus more. So over a period of 40 plus years of doing commercial weight loss programs, and then things like SlimFast or OptiFast or Keto or South Beach Diet, all those, you know, counting calories, all those kinds of things. You know, I tried all those kinds of things for a long time and could never have long-term success. But what I found was all of that dieting, I didn't really start to gain weight until I really got into all of these commercial diet programs. And I got into that cycle of lose some, gain it back, less more. And I eventually dieted my way up to 315 pounds. That was in 2000, and I had weight loss surgery. I was the second weight loss surgery patient in Kentucky, and it was very new. I had to go to another city to have my surgery, and I will never forget the surgeon saying to me, Paige, we can operate on your stomach, but we can't operate on your brain. But there was no explanation as to what that meant. There was no assistance with that, and I'm, you know, I was smart enough to know that there was something more going on. It wasn't just what I was eating, but it was somehow my thinking, you know, I needed to change my thinking or I needed to change something, but I had no clue what that was. Really did not have a clue what it was I needed to change. So I lost 150 pounds over the course of a year and a half after the weight loss surgery. And I kept that off for four years, but I white knuckled it the whole time. I just, I, I struggled to follow the instructions that the surgeon had given me. And I was able to do that for about four years. But then slowly, I kind of started going back to my old habits, my old eating habits, I guess my old way of thinking. And I started to slowly gain that weight back. So that by last year, but well, by 2000, 2019, I was back up to almost 250 pounds. And I had said, I'm finished with diets. I will never do another diet. Clearly, they don't work for me, personally at least. But I also had some pretty severe inflammation problems in my feet. I had plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis and and was limping. It was debilitating. I could hardly walk. And uh, my sister told me about intermittent fasting. And I said, no, I've never heard of that. What is that? So she started to describe to me how you 
only eat during a certain part of the day. And then the rest of the time you don't eat anything. And I said, nope, stop right there. That sounds like some crazy fad diet. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do crazy diets. I'm certainly not going to do a fad diet. And she said, well, okay, research it. It's not a diet. Uh, It's not crazy. It's not a fad anything, but just research it because it's supposed to heal inflammation in your body. Well, that got my attention. So I did research it and I found Jen Stevens' book, Delay Don't Deny, read that. And I thought, well, you know, I don't, I I still didn't trust that it wasn't really a diet. And I knew that if I did it and I would probably lose some weight, but then when I quit, I would gain it back plus more. So I was determined I was not going to do this to lose weight, but I would try it to try to heal the inflammation and try to get rid of that pain. So I started intermittent fasting and after five months, well, after two weeks, literally, I wasn't limping anymore. That's how much I got healings, you know, that quickly. And it took about five and a half months to become uh, completely pain-free. But by that time, I had lost about 50 pounds. And so I really realized at that time that this was a way of life. It was not a diet. It was sustainable. And I could do this. I could really do this and make this change for the rest of my life. I just can imagine, just hearing your story, how many people can relate to this trying all the diets. Because most of us, that are of adult age now have tried a lot of diets. I mean, mm-hmm. Weight Watchers, you name it. I, I remember my the one that sticks in my mind was the deal meal by Richard Simmons. Of and, course I remember that. Uh, do you remember that one? And <laughs> of course. It's, you know what's so you know what's so ho- horrible about that one is that I it was so intriguing to me. I liked it in I did it in high school. And I remember <laughs> doing it And I remember my mom telling me I was really crabby. Why was I so crabby? (laughs) And I think I was, I think I was really hungry. I think I was, was anyways, but that um, was it. But I just can, I can totally hear this, like also how it must've been so hard to think what's wrong with me. Why, why can't, why is nothing working for me? Why is nothing working for me? And, and that probably made it worse as you were trying to, to go through your journey because you're probably being really hard on yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I didn't realize was happening was that I really became, I became, you know, I'm a very positive, happy person. But I think over the course of all of this, you know, these experiences, I kind of became jaded and I became negative and I was very negative toward myself. My self-talk was really terrible. And I was so used to that that became my new normal. And I didn't realize the extent to which that was a problem for me. And there were so many things, so many lessons learned along the way. During the process of practicing intermittent fasting, you know, I I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things about mindset and and positive thinking and self-love and self-acceptance. I read a quote and it really got me to thinking. And the quote said, it's not just about losing the weight. It's about losing the mindset and the lifestyle that got you there in the first place. Mm. And that was really the first time that I got my focus off of food completely, because to me, it was all about what you ate. I had, I had 
disordered thinking. I had what's called diet brain. Jen Stevens calls it diet brain. I call it diet brain. Really disordered thinking around food and nutrition and health and wellness. And, you know, no sense of empowerment, no feeling I could help myself. But when I read that quote, it got me to thinking, well, what are some other factors that have come into play for me? As I have gone through all these years of, of dieting, it can't just be about the food. It just mm-hmm. can't. And I have learned so much about lifestyle and how that comes into play and about mindset. I wrote a book to kind of focus on intermittent fasting as a foundation, but to sort of share some of the lessons that I've learned over the past couple of years about how to lose weight successfully and to be able to keep it off. Which is everything, because like you said, I believe any diet can work, but really it's not just about can it work, can it last? And what you have found is something that is lasting and you're providing tools to help people. So so let's say I'm, I'm your friend, I'm your neighbor, Paige, and I come to you and I say, Paige, I've always struggled with food. No diet's ever worked for me. And I've seen your results they're phenomenal. You say intermittent fasting is a great tool, but what are some tips and maybe share a few from your book that you share with them on how to overcome the diet brain and and how to shift that mindset? Because a lot of people will say, Paige, I have that disordered thinking too. I have that too. What were some things that helped you you know, shift that mindset and get rid of that, that mentality? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that, Beth. You know, the first thing is awareness. Because I had had this disordered thinking at least since high school. And so when you have had the same type of thinking for so many years, you don't even realize that's not normal thinking. I I honestly did not. So I, I had to learn what those types of disordered thoughts were that I had. That was the first thing. I had to become aware. And then I had to to recognize what healthy thinking looked like. And then I had to go about the process of replacing those disordered thoughts with healthy thoughts. And that took a lot of intentional work. And some specific examples of diet brain versus healthy thinking, diet brain says, I want results now. I don't care that it lost that it took me 20 years to gain this weight. I want to lose it all immediately. I want to, to do some kind of a program or do some kind of a diet. And I want to have big weight losses every week. I want to be perfect on this plan. And I want the, I want the weight gone now. But healthy thinking tells us that time is our friend. Yes. You know, if we practice consistent daily healthy habits, healthy eating, making, you know, healthy choices most of the time and occasionally having something that's a treat or a dessert, eating in moderation, time is our friend. Mm-hmm. And that's a healthy thing. Uh, and again, diet brain thinking, you know, I have to be perfect all the time. You know, if I'm going to do this program or if I'm going to do this diet, I've got to follow it exactly. I can't vary. There's no flexibility. There's no grace for myself. If I find that I don't, that I do make a misstep or I don't follow it exactly. But healthy thinking says, you know, I can make deliberate choices about what I'm going to eat. I'm going to own my choices. I'm going to to, to enjoy what I've decided to eat and then move on. I think this advice is so important, but I also think it's so timely because it's January, right? Everyone's making Mm -hmm. resolutions and they, they want results. And what most people don't realize 
outside of losing fluid that we retain, you know, fat loss and true health does not happen overnight. So if, if you're getting overnight results, that's probably not health or it's probably not fat loss. And so I even have to remind myself of that, you know, that that real fat loss, real weight loss, real health is not overnight. And I love the the line, you know, we are all worthy of things that last. We are worthy of more than fast. And and that's what you're saying here so well. What else do you what else what other advice do you share? There were a couple of mantras that I came across that really helped me as I learned to be empowered, as I learned to take my health and my wellness into my own hands and to know that I can make good choices, I can make good decisions, because I never believed that before. Mm. I never believed that I could do that on my own. I thought I had to go someplace and they had to fix me so that I could make good choices. Because when I wasn't on a diet or going to a program, I didn't make good choices. I didn't trust myself essentially. I had to learn to trust myself and empower myself. But a couple of mantras that that I saw over time that really helped me, the first one is make choices that support your goals. And that is so simple and yet it's so complex. Right. But when I was trying to make decisions about food or, you know, am I going to have this or do I want to have that? Instead of saying, you know, I can't have that. That's, you know, I I have to restrict that. Um, That's not a healthy food. You know, part of diet food is there's good foods and there's bad foods. And if you eat good foods, you're a good person. And if you eat those bad foods, then you're just a terrible person. Right. So part of it was, again, overcoming that unhealthy thinking. But but when I would think, okay, well, I can have that. I can have whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. It's my choice. But does having that, is that going to help me get to my goals that I have for myself? And that really helped me. That's such a different way of thinking. It's so, I think mm-hmm. that's, like you said, it's so simple, but it's it's fairly life-changing when you stop beating yourself up, especially after Absolutely. years and years of probably negative self-talk and you switch that to a positive. Wow, I love that. And then the second one that really helped me is what you do consistently not what you do occasionally that determines your success. That's something that helped me to learn to have grace with myself Mm -hmm. to where if I ate a food, maybe a dessert or something that's, you know, not a healthy food. Some people would say, oh, that's a horrible choice. But it's okay to do that once in a while. It's okay to make those choices occasionally and enjoy it. And that's fine. And that really helped me learn to make those decisions on a daily basis consistently that were healthy and good for me, foods that I loved and foods that loved me back and occasionally be able to have a treat or have something like that and know that I'd not blown it. I had not done something horrible. Mm. I had not fallen off the wagon. Mm-hmm. You live life. Right. You're living a normal lifestyle. And to me, that connects very well with your kind of that this is a lifestyle, not an instant result. And, and what you're telling me is that that's why this is maintainable for you as well. You can maintain this because you're not saying, well, I cannot absolutely have that. And then you have it and then, oh, well, you're off that diet. You're done. That's exactly right. And I think that the work that I have done around learning to get back to being myself and being a positive thinker, because, you know, we've all heard the old saying, whether you think you can 
or whether you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And I had to get back to kind of being my natural self and being a positive person and looking for the positive and focusing on the positive. And then the more you do that, the more positive comes to you, the more you see and the more you experience and the more you internalize that. It's so true. And then and then I've watched you now take that and try to help others because that's the that's the path I, I watch when someone goes through transformation like you did, whether it's health, mindset change, now all of a sudden you're feeling better about yourself. You're feeling more positive. You you feel like you are in your lane. You've found your path. And now you're saying, now I want to share that with others. You know, I want, I want to help others. Absolutely. I feel like between intermittent fasting and the work that I've done on changing my mindset and changing my lifestyle and changing my, you know, my attitude and and all of those things. I just feel like this is something that I cannot keep to myself. And I feel like I have experience that I can share with other people. And I've learned a lot of lessons that I can share with other people. And it would be so wonderful if I could cut some of those years off from other people's journeys that I spent trying to find these answers, trying to figure out how you can have sustainable weight loss, how you can have really great mental and emotional health, you know, feel content with your life, feel content with your weight and and how you feel. It took me so long to figure that out. And I just would love it if I could help other people cut some of those years off, you know, and, and find that information and learn those lessons before they spend a lot of their life chasing something they don't know how to find. Right. Now, Paige, at your highest weight ever, you said you were 315. Today, Mm -hmm. what is your weight? My weight right now is about 165. And you're 5'7", you said? Mm -hmm. Wow. that That is a huge transformation. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just, It is. Wow. It, it, it is. And I am, you know, I just, I continue to be a work in progress. I went through quite a, quite a time period that my health, my thinking was so healthy and I had gotten away from all of the disordered thinking. I really thought I'm cured. I am cured from diet brain. Right. And, you know, I, over the past couple of months, I've struggled a little bit. I think this is real life. And I think that we all experience ups and downs and it was kind of a disappointment. And I, I realized I really had not cured myself from diet brain. I think I was kind of in recovery. I, I think that being cautious about those old types of thinking that you experience for so, so, so many years, you have to kind of be cautious because sometimes that thinking just wants to come back. It does. So I think, yes. And I think that it's just, it takes some intentional work on being very plugged into yourself and what your thoughts are and what your feelings are and where your thoughts are going and how your thoughts affect your behaviors. So, you know, those are lessons that I'm still learning. Hey friends, it's Beth. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? 
by doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now let's get back to our guests. The beautiful thing is, is that it goes back to things take time. And those diet thoughts, like you said, started back when you were in middle school and high school, and they're not going to be gone overnight, just like our health journey is not going to change in a day, you know, and change in a month and maybe not even change in a year. It, it takes baby steps each and every day. And so I think it's really beautiful that you shared that you struggle too, because too often we think that we can't share when we struggle. We can only share when things are going great or perfect. Mm -hmm. And little do we all know that no one's journey is perfect. Everyone struggles. And the more we share about that, the less alone we'll all feel. And maybe it'll make it easier for all of us. Absolutely. And I think one of the key things to, you know, one of the key takeaways is patience. You know, a lot of people will ask me, you know, in a snapshot, what do you, what do you recommend? You know, you've, you lost 110 pounds. What do you recommend for someone to be successful? And, you know, the, the things that I say are the consistent, clean, fast, every single day, practicing patience, I think is one of the hardest things we have to do, but I think it's one of the most important things we have to do. It's critical because as you said, these are not things that are going to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. They're not. So, so being patient is, is really, really critical. Paige, I'm sure people, you know, ask your advice a lot. I'm sure they also ask you kind of what your eating lifestyle looks like. What's your fasting window? Kind of a little bit diving into more of, of those specifics. Would you mind sharing with us? Because what I love about this podcast is we've had every eating lifestyle on here. Many people do practice intermittent fasting. And that's why I love intermittent fasting. You can be any sort of eating lifestyle and you can make it work for you. What is a typical eating window and lifestyle or how would you define it today? During most of the time that I was losing that weight, I had a very consistent pattern. I I, I practiced OMAD one meal a day. I did a 20-hour fast and a four-hour eating window. And then once a week, after about three months of practicing intermittent fasting, I decided to add in one longer fast per week. And so probably three months in, I started adding in one weekly 43-hour fast because I wanted the extra autophagy and I wanted the extra healing. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing it to lose weight more quickly. Wasn't really even thinking about my weight loss when I added that extra longer fast in. I was really intentionally trying to get the extra healing for myself. And so that's that's the protocol that I practiced just about all of the time that I was losing weight. And then when I got to maintenance, I loosened that up a little bit and went to a maybe 17, 18 hour fast per day. I did still keep in that one long fast per week. And here's the thing I love about intermittent fasting. I love the flexibility. I have recently realized that I have a medical condition that it's not going to allow me to do longer fast anymore. And at first I was so heartbroken because that was 
you know, it's part of my identity as a faster. Right. You know, I did I did OMAD and I did a longer fast per week. And so I had to had to mourn a little bit to, to get over the fact that I was no longer going to be able to do that longer fast per week. But I've I've looked at um, some recommendations from my doctor and some things that I have to do. And I've worked out a fasting plan that's going to work for me. It's going to work for me medically of an 18 6 protocol. And that's working beautifully. And so I love the flexibility of intermittent fasting. And do you still do your kind of an evening window or are you a morning window or midday or it does it vary quite a bit? My very favorite window is like one to one to six, something like that. But see, since I've had to adjust, my window now is from two p.m. to 8 p.m. And that works. That's working really great for me. And in your window, do you eat kind of everything? Are you vegan? Are you carnivore? Are you low carb? Well, I, I kind of eat everything. And one thing that Kim Smith talks about are blessed foods and bliss foods. You know, blessed foods are foods that you love and that are healthy and that are good for your body and that they love you back. And then there are bliss foods like creme brulee, right. which I found very blissful. <laughs> <laughs> there are all kinds of foods like that, you know, and and it's okay to have blessed foods occasionally. And it's, you know, blessed foods, I'm sorry, and, and it's good to have blessed foods that bless you. So my focus right now is on trying to incorporate more fruits and vegetables, lean proteins and, and healthy grains. And I'm not doing any kind of a diet. I don't weigh or measure anything. I don't count anything. I don't log anything. I just am trying to focus on those types of foods and finding foods that, that feature those ingredients and just eat them more. And I'm practicing what's called crowding out I would like to eat less processed foods, but if I tell myself, you can't have those processed foods, those are not allowed, you know, that's not going to work for me. But if I just incorporate more fresh fruits and vegetables and eat more of those types of things, then I just naturally don't have the time or the room to eat some of the more processed foods. I think that is something that I hope everyone keys in on because a book in a, a strategy that I talk about a lot on this podcast is Kelly Levesque's book, Body Love. And she has this premise of focusing on the fab four, which is protein, fats, fiber, and greens. And her whole premise is exactly what you just you honed in on, that focus on what you can have and that crowding out. So if you're focusing on making sure you're getting those things that are a priority and really the blessed foods, the less likely you're going to reach for, you know, the processed foods and those things that are things we shouldn't have as often or that don't don't, exactly. ser don't serve us as well. So I think that's a really empowering mindset to have too, because again, it's not about can't, can't, can't. It's about can, can, can. I love that. Right. That's right. I love that too. That's really been a mindset that has helped me as much as anything to focus on having things that I really like and are really great for me and make me feel great as opposed to thinking about, well, I can't have this and I can't have that. 
to me, again, goes back to the mindset. Totally. I think that that's what I'm so excited for listeners to hear this episode is because it's so much more than just what's on your plate. So much more. And yes. So Paige, what about exercise? Did you, do you incorporate exercise today? Did, did you from the beginning or was that happen later? How has that played into your journey? Well, exercise is something that I, I never did like to do. And one of the things that I did over all of those years, I would join a gym thinking, okay, I'm going to go and start exercising. But I just, I never did. And I would join all these gyms and then I wouldn't go. And then I hated to, to discontinue my membership because that was admitting I wasn't going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so I would pay. <laughs> I would pay for these memberships forever until I finally thought, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so I, then I would quit. I would, you know, discontinue it. And then the next one would come along. And I mean, I did that for years as well. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to join any membership. I'm not going to join a gym. And I really was not physically ready to exercise when I first started on this journey. I didn't want to. My, I had pain in my feet. I could hardly walk. I was so overweight. I was exhausted all the time. I didn't realize how bad I felt until I lost weight and, and began to feel better because feeling horrible had become my new normal. Yes. So I just was not ready to exercise until I had lost about 50 something pounds and my feet weren't hurting anymore. And you know what? I wanted to exercise. I was ready. I had to be I had to be physically and mentally ready. And that's okay. And so I thought I'm going to I'm going to practice one of the strategies I learned from Atomic Habits. It's a, a book by James Clear. And that is a book that really helped change my life as well. But one of his recommendations when you're starting a habit that you want to really keep up, pair it with something enjoyable. And I thought, okay, I love my playlist. I have the most awesome playlist that I've cultivated and I love every song on there. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start walking in my neighborhood and I'm going to always listen to my music. So I got some wireless earbuds and I got some good walking shoes and I started out with 20 minutes a day. And of course I could have walked further than 20 minutes a day, but my goal was to start and really get in that habit of walking every day. And so I started with 20 minutes a day. And then the next week I increased a little bit more. And eventually I got to where I was walking four to six miles a day, 16, 16 and a half minute miles, became a fitness walker, you know, have gotten in great shape and have loved it. And I think what's so amazing about your journey is that the exercise came later. And I think so many times when people go on these workout kicks or these health kicks, or I'm going to lose all this weight, especially with New Year's resolutions, the focus is spending two hours in the gym and they hate it or they never go. And mm -hmm. then they, again, they beat themselves up. And I think that over and over what I hear with people who are successful on inter with intermittent fasting is that a lot of times the exercise comes later. Yes. By the, when I started, when I initially started walking, I had lost about 50 pounds. Yeah. I mean, you had already lost 50 pounds and you hadn't, mm -hmm. during that time, you hadn't incorporated really a, an exercise. Nothing. Yeah. I, 
Nothing. Nothing. You know, it was interesting because a lot of the guests I have on will say that when they did the opposite way, where they started prioritizing the exercise first and then not mm-hmm. not the fasting or not what they what was on their plate, they didn't have success. They didn't have positive results. And so I think what you're sharing is so do is doable and approachable, but it's also like kind of a mindset shift for us because I think we naturally think we all have to exercise three three hours a day or two hours a day. That's the only way it's going to work. And then that's not maintainable. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I do talk to people about is, is incorporating joyful movement into their day. Yes. And I was never a person who just, I just never was a person who just loved any kind of exercise but I did love listening to my music. And I thought, I can walk. Mm. I can get out and walk while I listen to my music. And so as I increased my walking distance, what that meant was, to me, I was increasing the time I got to just be out and listen to my music and, and love my music. And walking was what I was doing while I was listening to my music. And then eventually, walking became something I really loved and listening to my music. So I think that you just have to figure out a way to do something or pair exercise with something in some way that you really, really enjoy because you have to enjoy it or you're not going to do it. It's so true. Well, that advice could not be more right on. So Paige, you've mentioned earlier in the podcast about your book, and I'd love for you to tell the listeners the name of your book, where they could find it. I know after listening to you today, there's going to be people very interested. The name of my book, it's called Fast with Paige. Health and Healing Practices for Forever Freedom. And it is an unbelievable freedom book. That's part of the series that Kim Smith has has cultivated and is, is putting together. And I'm very excited because these books in this series are workbooks. They're a workbook format and they're habit guides. And changing my habits, learning about discontinuing unhealthy habits and, and, and practicing really great healthy habits was a big part of my success along with the mindset. And so I think that when you are changing habits, you have to be intentional about that. You can't just wish you would be a certain way or do a certain thing. I think you have to be very intentional about what you're doing. And so that's why I love this workbook series, because the, the foundation of the book is intermittent fasting, and it's mentioned briefly. And I, I really hope that everyone will practice that. And I, I definitely recommend that they read Jen Stevens' books. And I have some other book re- recommendations in the back as well. But, I, you know, I kind of came up with some wellness habits, five wellness habits that I had learned. And we've talked about a lot of those today. But I, the workbook features a five-week program. Each week, you focus on a different wellness habit. And what's exciting about that is that each week, there are activities that you choose from. I have done a, a, a whole career's worth of working with adults in training and workshops, and I'm very well-versed in adult learning theory. And I know that when adults really dig in and want to learn something new, you can't have passive learning for adults. That's not successful. What is successful for adults to make changes and to really learn is to have um, choice, to have activities that they're involved in, to look at the different ways that people learn and offer options that they get to make choices. And so this 
this workbook features these five wellness habits and uh, one wellness habit is featured per week so that over a five-week period during each of those weeks, you are selecting activities that are going to really incorporate that learning and to help you be intentional about learning the information and how to make those changes. So the whole intent is that by the time you've gone through these five weeks, learned about these wellness habits, done some activities to kind of incorporate that learning, you are on the road to living the rest of your life in a, in a manner, in a lifestyle, with a mindset that will help you to be successful long-term with your health and weight loss goals. I love that. Well, I hope that it continues to be successful. I know it will be. And having you here today is just already given people, I think, so many tools for their tool belt. So Paige, when I end this podcast, I love ending with what is your piece of bold advice to leave the listeners with? I think the most bold advice that I have is to learn to be aware of of unhealthy, disordered thinking, become aware of it, learn to recognize it, learn to recognize it in yourself, learn how to understand what healthy thinking looks like, and then really take stock of your mindset, really pay attention to your thoughts, really plug into yourself, and then be very intentional about cultivating healthy thinking and empowerment, because those are, I think those are some of the biggest things that have stopped so many of us from being successful with long-term weight loss and keeping that weight off and, and health is just all of these kinds of thinking that are not serving us. Yes. And we don't, we're so used to all of these types of thoughts, we, we're not aware of them. So I would just encourage people to research Jen Stevens um, has great information in her books about diet brain and, and healthy thinking. And I have information in Fast With Page about those things a lot, you know, a list of specific disorder types of thoughts that a lot of us have. And we just accept them as true, true and they're not true. Um, so really do some research and take stock and then come up with some intentional, uh, come up with an intentional plan mm-hmm. because those changes aren't going to just happen. You have to make them happen and you have to do that work with intention. And so that's what I recommend as the as a bold piece of advice. Wonderful. Well, it has been truly an honor to have you here today. And thank you, Beth. I have learned so much and your journey is beautiful and I know will continue to make a difference, not just in my life, but in others. So thank you for being here today, Paige. Thank you so much, Beth. I really appreciate the the chance to get to talk to you about all of this. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. You.